Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. In the house this morning. Listen, I am ready to bring the word. Like Pastor Stephen said, my name is Devin and I get to serve our students here at the house and it's all good that he took up some of my time just know Trev when you preach at youth group I'm gonna do the same to you it's gonna be a full circle moment Um, but before I jump into the word I do want to give honor where honor is due come on could you join me in honoring our pastors Stephen and Katie listen there I know that as some people get close closer and closer to the people that lead them, um, it's easy to, come on, begin to respect them less and less because you begin to see their flaws. But I can honestly say that the closer that I get to their family, the more I admire them and the more that I respect them. Because even though they aren't perfect, year after year, I've seen them grow. I've seen them take steps, not just in leading a church, but in leading their family, in their own health, in every area that you can imagine, they grow. And, And so thank you not only for teaching me a lot of concepts, but also letting me be close enough to catch a lot of things from you. So come on, join me, come on, put your hands together for it one more time. But hey, we are going to be continuing our Christmas series called The Arrival. Come on, bringing peace to us all. Pastor Stephen preached last week about the missing piece, and uh, he asked a question in it that really convicted and challenged me. He asked, where are your traditions taking you? Come on, where are your traditions taking you? And I must confess, this past week, me and Sydney and Malachi, uh, we were sitting down for dinner. Y'all pray for us, okay? Because right now we're in that four-year-old stage. So sitting down for dinner is like a whole event. If you know, you know. Uh, we're sitting down for dinner, and we're just talking about our day. And then Sydney asked the question to Malachi, who is Christmas all about? Okay, and this, you really need to, I need my prayer warriors to really pray for my son. He is not saved yet. My man, full of confidence, said, Santa. (laughs) And I was like, well, we work at the church. You need to, (laughs) you need to get your mind right. So I was like, okay, no. (laughs) Try again. And then he, full of joy again. Elves. I was like, okay, you're going to have to move out my house. You're going to have to get out because at this point you are a full-blown heathen. And so I literally went and I grabbed my Bible, okay? I grabbed my Bible. We opened it up to Luke chapter 2. We began to read the story of, of baby Jesus, and we made this little funny song about baby Jesus. And what the point that I'm making is that our traditions are leading us somewhere. And it can be very easy to think, well, because we're in church and because we're around good people, and Malachi's at the church like three days a week, but there, there's still some personal responsibility on each parent and each dad and mom to lead their kids and to not get caught up with everything that comes with this season, even though it's extremely fun, the lights and the trees and the gifts and all of that is fun. The purpose is the one who brings peace to us all because Santa Claus is not going to be able to help my four-year-old come on when he faces hard times, but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is going to be able to help him. Come on. And so I do encourage you, if you missed that, go back um, and listen to it. But I do want to jump right in. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25, they're going to put it on the screens as well. It says this, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she, found to be, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, 
saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When, Jesus, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. My man had some self-control, okay? And, and he called his name Jesus. Come on, my title for today's message is The Struggle for Peace. Come on, the struggle for peace. It can be easy to think, man, peace is awesome, and it sounds great, and who, who doesn't love peace? My personality type, literally, I love peace. Whatever we have to do, I don't even have a favorite restaurant. My favorite restaurant is whatever your favorite restaurant is. Like, I, I just don't want conflict. We love peace, but I believe that there's a little bit of struggle, come on, that comes if you want real, lasting peace. Would you pray with me as we get ready for what God has for us today? God, we thank you that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, we, we're grateful for what this season means. God, we refuse to just go through the motions of Christmas and not stop and acknowledge that you sent your son to live on this earth for us. God, today, as, as your word goes forth, God, I pray that it would speak to us. God, that every person in this room you have something specific for. God, open our ears and, and soften our hearts to what you want to do today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, I got some bad news for you today. I'm going to just start with the bad news is that we all struggle. Everybody in this room has a struggle. Your struggle may have to do with your background. Come on, how you grew up. So your family may be a family that has struggled over generation from generation. Maybe you have a struggle that's mental. Come on, you may have something in your mind that's a struggle, depression or anxiety or just thoughts that plague your mind. We all have a struggle. Nobody in this room is exempt from struggle. Well, it doesn't matter if you were the kid in school that made straight A's and did everything right, struggle is going to come for you. Well, it, it doesn't matter if you look to do everything wrong <laughs> and somehow you've gotten away with it thus far. I'm here to tell you that struggle catches up with us all. In fact, Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, Jesus, the man himself says, For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Some struggle comes from our own choice. Like you made a decision. Some people are in this room right now and you're struggling because you just made a bad choice. And if we're being honest, we've all been there. We've all missed it. We've all made a bad call. We've all thought, man, you know what? Putting all my money in Bitcoin sounded good. And then it didn't sound so good when you were broke. Okay, we've all made bad decisions that have placed us in struggle. Some of us are struggling because of someone else's choices, though. Like someone else made a decision to do something that causes you to struggle. Maybe a parent, come on, maybe a spouse, maybe a kid. Come on, every parent with teenagers is like, yes, I, I, you preaching to me. Some of us, though, we're in the middle of a struggle, and it's hard for us to even explain why. And can I just tell you that as long as there's sin in the world, there is going to be a measure of struggle. It's not that God hates you. It's not that God don't like you. It's not that God thinks you're ugly. It's not that some people are extra blessed and some people just got a little blessing. No, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And I'm grateful for that because that means, come on, that it's not on my merit, but it's actually based on God's merit. So the blessing in my life and the struggle in my life doesn't just come from me, 
but everybody in this room, come on, we can be united in the fact that, you know what, I've been through some stuff, but I'm still here. God still loves me, and he still sees me. And so, come on, if we're going to go ahead and preach me down, we're going to have to do it, all right? So we all have our struggle. If we've been in church our whole life or if we're brand new to church today, I can guarantee that you face struggle. And the crazy thing about this season that we're in is that though it should be all about Jesus and about peace and joy and hope, this season is one of the biggest magnifiers of our struggle. Come on, this is the busiest season of the year. We're going from here to there. If I have to go inside, if I have to see the inside of Target one more time, I'm just telling you, I don't want to see the color red or white again, okay? I'm sick of it. Come on, we're traveling from here to there. We're going around, and the traditions we go along with don't work to hide our struggles, but they do work to remind us of the very thing we're hoping to escape. Come on, if you don't believe me, go ahead and have a big family argument and then go to that first holiday gathering. Oh, you know what she said. Oh, you know what she was saying on Facebook. Now I'm about to see her in person. We're going to see at the dinner table how, like, like, face your first Christmas after you lost someone that you love dearly. That's hard. Go to your first Christmas after one of your kids has decided that they're not going to follow the Lord anymore and they're going to do their own thing. Come on, look, imagine the looks that you're getting from the grandparents and the aunties and the uncles. And just this season, if we're not careful, we can get caught up in everything and all the traditions. And while they're, for some people, it feels awesome and it's great and it's exciting. For other people, this is the hardest season that they have to go through. A survey by the American Psychological Association found that 38% of people felt their stress levels increased during the holiday season, okay? I want to talk to the other 62% like, what are you doing to keep your stress level down, okay? <laughs> the National Alliance on Mental Illness found that 64% of people living with a mental illness reported their conditions worsened around the holidays. Come on, look at somebody and say, the struggle is real. Come on, now, now that's the bad news, all right? You're like, man, this is starting off on a negative foot. But I do, have, I do have good news. God has an answer for your struggle. Come on, as we look at the story of Jesus' birth today, you have to see that struggle is the reason why he was needed in the first place. This is why the angel of the Lord tells Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Come on, we all struggle, but God has an answer for our struggles. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says this, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And I love this other passage in Luke chapter 1 where Zechariah is prophesying, and he's prophesying over his son, John the Baptist, but he begins to talk about Jesus, and he says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Come on, there is a way of peace. And God's heart is not for you to just be caught in the struggle, but I believe that he wants you to find peace in the midst of the struggle by following the way that he set out before you. And so through a carpenter named G Joseph and a virgin named Mary, God's promise of peace entered the world. And that's what makes this season so special. 
Come on, I wish I had some people in church with me this morning who would say, you know what? I have been in the midst of the struggle, but on the path and on the way of peace. And though I have gone through hard times, God has not given up on me. And everything around me could be falling apart, but I still had peace of mind because the one who came, come on, lives inside of me. But just like God has an answer for your peace, come on, the enemy (laughs) has answers for your peace. And the enemy would love to get your struggle to make you to start searching in all the wrong places. Come on, looking for peace in all the wrong places. I'm a millennial. Come on, where my millennials at? Okay, we got three millennials. Y'all got us. Y'all done roasted millennials so bad that we scared to acknowledge what generation we are a part of. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, the one thing about millennials is we're going to look it up. All right, if you tell me something... <laughs> I am going to look it up. Whether it be Google, come on, I'm going to ask Google so quick. You said that's what it is. Okay, hold on. Let me get right back to you. I'm going to turn around, Google it, and then be like, okay, this is what it actually is. You're wrong, all right? (laughs) But my favorite place to search to learn how to do things is YouTube. Oh, come on. I am a graduate of YouTube University, all right? I have learned how to do more things on YouTube than I ever learned in 12 years of high school. I have learned how to graphic design, be a photographer, come on, be a videographer, come on. I have learned, like, what we need to do if we're going to build a new building, like, what do we need in the youth room, how to wire stuff. I have learned so much information on YouTube, but you have to be careful, okay? I'm going to just tell myself, you got to be careful on YouTube, all right? Because YouTube, the algorithm of YouTube is not built for you to just get on there for what you need and to get off, okay? YouTube is very enticing, all right? YouTube wants you to be on the platform for hours on end. And if you're not careful, you'll start watching this one, like, educational video. And then three hours later, you'll find yourself watching funny home videos and animal videos. You're just like, I don't, what am I doing? Where am I at right now? My eyes are burning. Like, I need to go to bed. Because people who post content on YouTube understand the art of clickbait, okay? (laughs) Okay? The art of clickbait. Clickbait is what they use to entice you and to draw your attention and to bring you into it thinking that, wow, this is actually going to be what the title says it's going to be about. That's crazy. And most of the time, it has a little bit to do with it. Maybe 30 seconds of the 30-minute video is actually what they said it was. And then you got 29 and a half minutes of them just doing random stuff, okay? And so... I started to think about this, and I was like, I was thinking about the Christmas story, and I was like, you know what? If they had YouTube during Christmas, that would have been awesome. Like, that would have been something to see. And so we came up with a couple of, like, clickbait YouTube thumbnails, all right, that we, that we wanted to show you real quick. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's, let's, put, this, let's put this first one up there. Come on, teen virgin claims baby is God's son, all right? So... So for all my religious people, just chill, all right? It's just, it's just for fun, all right? Obviously, I know they didn't have no pregnancy tests back then, all right? So we good, all right? All right, show us the next one. Come on, Joseph convinced in dream by angel to not divorce. The angel says, marry her, name the baby Jesus. All right, I'm going to need more than one dream of an angel, all right? I'm going to need... I'm going to just chalk that one up to bad spaghetti. I'm going to need like two or three naps with the angel showing up for me to be like, all right, yeah, it's, it's God's baby. All right. And then, and then the last one real quick. Herod wants Jesus dead. Mary and Joseph say, not today, Satan. Escape to Egypt. All right. <laughs> like they are getting out of here. Listen, even though that's funny, just like YouTubers know, understand how to use clickbait to entice you into something. 
Can I tell you that the enemy knows how to use clickbait to entice you into something, to get you to think it's going to be one thing, but when you get there, you realize it's going to be something else. And some of us right now are in a situation because we clicked on something thinking that it was going to bring us peace, but actually it brought us more stress, more anxiety. And here's what I would tell you. The enemy attaches peace to easy, but if your peace is easy to gain, come on, it's going to be easy to lose. So you can't... The only thing the enemy can offer us is a fake peace, a peace that comes from people, purchases, or places. Come on, we'll always line you up to face more problems. Only accept the real peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the promise of peace, and the peace that can be in the middle of a storm with you and tell the storm to be still. So today, I do want to look at three ways we can, we can find peace in the struggle. Come on, there's a lot we can learn from Mary and Joseph about peace in the struggle. We can go ahead and take that picture of me down, please. All right, thank you. Thank you. It's easy for us to get this sanitized version of the birth of Jesus because we see the cute little manger, and we have one on our kitchen table, and it's just like, oh, this is so peaceful and so awesome. But if you are a, a parent in the room and you've been in the room during a delivery, you know <laughs> there ain't nothing peaceful. <laughs> about this story. There is nothing peaceful about childbirth. Eventually, when the baby starts sleeping through the night, that's a little peace. But in the midst of it, that is not peace. But somehow, Mary and Joseph are able to go through the struggle and still raise up the Savior of the world. So I do want to look at three things we can take away from Mary and Joseph about peace. The first one is this. If you're going to have peace in the struggle, you're going to have to be in God's presence. Come on, it's in his presence that you can hear his voice and know his will. And just because God is present, I do have to warn you, just because God is present doesn't mean that your struggle is necessarily going to go away, but the God that is with you is bigger than the struggle that you are going through. Both Mary and Joseph had to have visits from an angel of the Lord bringing the word of the Lord. And some of us have been stuck in the same struggle because we don't know what God says about it. Like, we haven't had time to hear the word of the Lord come to us and say, hey, this is what you need to do. And you can't hear the word of God if you aren't in the presence of God. And so that's coming to church. Obviously, we're doing the Christmas services. We would encourage you to be here. Come on, that's Wednesday night prayer all throughout January. We're doing Seek Him. Like, Wednesday night, we're going to be in here, worship, prayer. I would encourage you to come to those. But also making your own time to get into the presence of God. Well, I don't, I don't know how to get in the presence of God. Well, just do what we do here, but just do it by yourself, okay? So turn on, come on, turn on. Before you got here, somebody was praying, so go ahead and pray. We played some worship music for you, so go ahead, get on Spotify, download some songs, play them in your car, in your room, and then open up the Word of God and begin to study it and ask God to reveal something to you because you're not going to be able to make it through your struggle on your own strength or from the advice of your friend. You're going to need the Word of God and the presence of God to get you through the struggle. An angel is probably not going to show up at your job this week, okay? If they do, let us know, all right? Be good to let everybody in on. Post that one on Facebook. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't enter into God's presence. You don't need the fancy lights and a microphone to get into God's presence. But if you don't, 
Come on, the struggle will toss you from this way to that way, from over here to over there. But when you're standing firm and you know what, I'm in God's presence. And even though things around me are going crazy, even though things around me are rough, I have the Lord on my side. So you got to be in God's presence. The second is you have to follow God's path. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 says this, you make known to me the path of life. You will find me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. See, God's path sounds great, (laughs) joy and life, but it's rarely the one that's conventional or convenient. Come on, can we just talk about Joseph, Joseph and Mary's path to becoming parents? Come on, an angel tells you that your wife is pregnant by the Holy Spirit and that you have to stay with her. (laughs) She's pregnant, and then you realize, oh, we got to go down. We got to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem because I'm from the house of David, and they want to keep count of everybody. So I got to take my family for the census, okay? Now, we live in a a, um, much more advanced society than they did, okay? And when my wife was like eight, nine months pregnant, she was, a, she was a superstar, but you know what I'm saying? A 30-minute car ride sometimes was like, we got to stop four times to go to the bathroom, all right? So imagine throwing your wife on a donkey and being like, hey, <laughs> I know you're like eight months pregnant right now, but we got to go 90 miles on this donkey. Uh, so just saddle up, girl. We riding. Like, <laughs> we leave at dawn. Obviously, they don't have the little app that tells you that your baby is the size of an avocado or a cucumber or whatever. Because they get there, and then the time to have birth is there. And Joseph, I know Joseph, if he's anything like me, he, it was his job to make the accommodations. Like, it's your job to get on Airbnb. You know what I'm saying? I know while they were on the donkey, Mary was like, hey, Joseph, like, just in case, you know, I am a little further along, so you might want to make some, you might want to make some, you know what I'm saying, accommodations for us. You might want to make a reservation somewhere. Call your mom, ask if they can clean out a room. Joseph didn't do nothing. When they got there, there was no place for them to have the savior of the world. Thank you, Joseph. And so they go down into a shepherd's cave where they would keep the sheep safe at night and they deliver the savior of the world. It it could have easily felt like if I was Joseph, first of all, this is my baby, but this ain't my baby. Like, I love you. Like, we were in the delivery room and you know, I've, I've heard people, not my wife, but I've heard other people be like, you did this to me. And Joseph was like, technically. <laughs> Gotta talk to the big man upstairs. I didn't do nothing. I mean, you in a shepherd's cave. My wife was in a fully motorized bed. You know what I'm saying? Comfortable as she could possibly be. And I took a bite of a sandwich in front of her. And she looked at me and she was like, listen, I know I just brought life into the world, <laughs> but I could take one out, all right? <laughs> I was like, I still ate it because she was all tied up and stuff. She couldn't get to me, but I heard about it. Imagine being Joseph and Mary and thinking that you have this great blessing and this great gift that you're going to deliver the Savior of the world, into, like the Savior of the world into existence, and then you find yourself in a shepherd's cave, and it's dark, and it's dirty, and, and it could easily begin to feel like God's path isn't adding up. Come on, you said the Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, wonderful counselor. We are in dirt and, and like sheep doo-doo. Like we are in like, <laughs> and you could find yourself today in a place where God has promised you peace, 
but you find yourself in a situation, in a place, in a relationship, and you feel like, man, you promised me this, but what you promised me isn't adding up. And can I just, can I just encourage you to stay on God's path? Like once God tells you where to go, stay on his path. Don't get off to the left. Don't get off to the right. Like if there are some things that the enemy tries to throw on your path and trip you up, go ahead and move it out of the way. But there's a reason why the path to life is narrow and the path to death is wide. And a lot of times when we hear that, we think of heaven and hell, like a lot of people are going to hell and a lot of people or a few people are going to heaven. But I would encourage you that the decisions that you make, come on, are producing life in this life or destruction in this life. And so make sure that we're making choices that lead us to life, that keep us on the path of God, because ultimately you cannot have peace. Come on, without the path of God, there is no other path. There is no other rerouting. Come on, there is no like there is no uh, like alternate route to get to the peace of God. It's only by his path. And so maybe you find yourself today and you've gotten off of his path. I want to encourage you that God is not the God that closes roads and shuts it down. Come on, he leaves the path open for you. And at any point you can decide, you know what, God, I may have made some bad decisions. Somebody else may have thrown me off. But today, right now, I am going to choose that I'm going to get back on the path of God because it is your path that fills me with joy. Come on. It is your path that has eternal pleasures. Come on. And it is your path that leads us to peace. The third thing I want to point out, if we're going to find peace in the struggle, is this. We're going to have to trust God's plan. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7 says this, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. See, Mary and Joseph not only had God's presence and followed his path, but they placed their trust in the Lord. They placed their trust in what the angel told them. Mary's ultimate confidence was in the Lord. So, so here we are. They, they delivered Jesus and if it's not bad enough that they're in a shepherd's caves, here comes strangers from out of town talking about their shepherds and wise men showing up at their brand new baby. Come on, if you showed up at my house like a week after we had Malachi, I would have been like, uh, first of all, text me or call me before you come over here. Secondly, did you wash your hands, okay? <laughs> did you wash your hands? Did you scrub the front and the back? Did you spend the 30 seconds like with warm water? Like, like did you do everything that you're supposed to do? And then... These, these wise men come and, and, and they bring gifts. So I'm like, okay, you can come in. You got gold. You go ahead and come in. Like, you're welcome. Shepherds, y'all stay out there, all right? We're going we're gonna to get y'all in a minute. Y'all ain't got nothing with you, okay? Um, and so everyone, everyone leaves and they're trying to get some sleep and the angel of the Lord is back. <laughs> the angel of the Lord is back and tells Joseph, hey, man, you know, the, the baby that I told you y'all would have and, and he would save the world, well, you know what? Actually, right now, I need you to actually save him. So you're going to have to pack up everything and you're going to have to go to Egypt. You're going to have to travel to Egypt because King Herod wants baby Jesus dead. And now think back when they left from Nazareth, you got they were thinking, man, maybe a few days we're going to go down. They're going to count us. We're going to be able to come home. We're going to have our baby. We're going to raise him up. But now they find themselves in a foreign land. And, and most historians believe that Jesus was between three and five by the time they got back to Nazareth. So what should have been a few days journey now has been several years. Everybody's like, man, <laughs> We don't know what happened to Mary and Joe. Like, they said they were going to have a baby, and we never seen them again. But they trusted God's plan. In the middle of the journey, they trusted God's plan. Come on, in another country, they trusted 
God's plan. And here's how we know that they trusted him, because they obeyed. They obeyed what he said. And your, your level of trust in God is not measured by your thoughts and your prayers and by what you say with your mouth or how often you come to church. Your measure of trust in God is based on your obedience. And if I were being honest, every time I've been disobedient to God, it's not that I was just being rebellious. It's that it was in an area where I didn't fully trust God. And I would venture to say, if you looked at your own life and you found the area where you're, where you're the weakest, where you mess up the most, where you, where you tend to just fail over and over again, I would say that that's the area where you trust God the least. Come on, when you, when you don't trust God for your finances, you'll cut corners, you'll refuse to tithe, you'll give when you can, but not ever really fully commit. Come on, when you don't trust God with your kids, you'll do too much or do too little or not want other voices to speak into their life, so you'll become controlling or maybe the other, you just think somebody else is going to do it, so you become way too passive. Can I encourage you to trust God today? In the midst of the hardest season in your life, trust God. Don't make a bad situation worse by losing your faith in the one who could turn it around. And I know that there are people that came in today with things on their mind that are way harder than anything I've ever had to deal with, but I would encourage you, keep your trust in God. Because it's when we step out of side of trust that we step into sin. That's all Adam and Eve did. All the enemy had to do is say, did God really say? Because he knows that if he can get you to stop trusting God, it doesn't matter what good things come your way. It doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account if you don't trust God. It, don't, it doesn't matter how well your family behaves if you don't trust God. It doesn't matter how put together your life is if you don't trust God, you still won't have peace. And so don't buy the lie this season that there's a gift wrapped under the tree that's going to bring you peace. Don't buy the lie that if all your family could just come together and sit down at the table for one dinner, it's going to bring you peace. Because you can open every gift in the world. And you can have every quote-unquote peaceful moment you want. But at the end of the day, if your trust is not in the Lord, your anxiety is going to be at an all-time high. Come on, your thoughts are going to be racing because he's the one that holds everything. And we aren't built to hold it all. You, you, you're not built to hold the pressures of everybody in your family and every thought and every question and every deep like thing that you want to think through because I know it, I'm a deep thinker, so I go like 17 layers deep. And at some point I have to stop and go, you know what, that's not even mine to think about. See, my, my mom was old school, okay? So when adults were at the table, kids couldn't just walk in and just jump into the conversation, all right? I'm not saying it was healthy, unhealthy. That's just how we did it, all right? And she would say, stay in a child's place. And I want to let you know that when you stop trusting God and you start taking everything into your own and you're like, I'm going to handle this, you got to get back to your place because that's God's throne to sit on. So as we close today, I believe that the struggles you're facing shouldn't steal your peace. But they should reveal where you thought your peace was going to come from. And I came today to encourage some people that your peace 
is in the Lord. And if the Lord is with you, then you can go through hell and high water, and he will still be with you, and you don't have to be shaken, you don't have to be stirred. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.